Welcome back to Nervous Rex, a Neon Genesis Evangelion podcast that is 33.3% rewatch, 33.3% first time watch, and 33.3% watching episode 21 out of, I don't, out of 26, even though you've seen the show five times? Yeah, but not in like five years also. Great. So whatever that averages out to. Fucking math! Cue the Scott Steiner math promo. But I'm a genetic freak, and I'm not normal. So you got a 25% at best at beating me. The numbers don't lie. But uh, the podcast is, of course, 100% leaves shoved up the ass in celebration of autumn. Oh, God. I don't know how to follow that up. but You know, I think it follows itself up. It does. There's a lot of people who probably, like Chris five minutes ago, don't know what I'm referring to, but I'll explain it. Uh, after I say that my name is Joe and I use any and all pronouns. Uh, and after I say that I'm Chris and I use he, him pronouns. And after I say that I'm Jay, perpetual guest, and I use he and they pronouns. So there's this meme that's, <laughs> that, says, so anyway. that says, I'm so pumped for autumn, I'm going to fill my ass with leaves. And I've seen it so many times. It's a, it's a great thing that I see a couple times in, you know, the Septembers, the Octobers. But I forgot that the screenshot from that was from this show. Right. It's like a weirdly, like, less defined still from the episode. Like, that. if you look up the yeah. meme, it looks a little more generic. But, like, huh, that's Shinji's mom. <laughs> well, yeah, you don't see Shinji's mom in this show. And, like, you know, you could watch this show and then forget what she looks like after a while. Absolutely. And so not make the connection. When they reveal her in this episode, I'm like, she looks like Shinji. Yeah. Yep. And then and then younger Gendo also really looks like Shinji. I, yeah, I, I was actually thinking about that. They really do a, a better job than I think a lot of anime I've seen do of making parents of main character actually look like mm-hmm. they would combine into main character. He he has, yeah. He has his father's eyes. It's like weird. Yeah. And it was also cool because Gendo looks like significantly different and it felt like looking at old pictures of your own dad. Oh, yeah. Uh, also, that's partly just because of Gendo not having the facial hair, which is weird. Yeah, he has no beard and he has no glasses on for most of it. Yeah. And he's like more gaunt. He's got like more like he, he's got like more cheekbone going on. Yeah, he, he looks smiles. like he doesn't eat enough. He really does. It's a weird looking dude. Yeah. We're, we're getting ahead of ourselves with sure. uh, talking about the episode. But um, Jay has has volunteered to, yep. to do our recap, which is great because we don't remember whose turn it is anyway. <laughs> So I am it, the it Evangelion is. lore master today, baby. Yeah, so so let's get Enjoy into the, the wiki that doesn't even mention soup. <laughs> yeah, hold on. Let me just do a uh, quick control, quick control S. F or, soup. Yeah, control F. Soup. Ah, I got nothing. No soup. It's fucked up. Not Zero a single soup. fucking instance. Can you believe it? Uh, all right. So we begin by finding out that uh, Commander Futsky has been kidnapped and is being interrogated by Sele. Forgot that's what it's called. Yeah. <laughs> pronounced that way. It's OK. Whenever whenever I hear you do it on the show, I just kind of like flinch and then go on about my day. Uh, that is what we find out. Um, Kaji makes this uh, this call to Masato talking about his last how this is going to be his last mission. I don't know if we know it's a call to Masato until later. Um, but we find out he's doing his last mission, whatever that really means. Um, after we find out Fuyutsuki has been abducted, we find out that Kaji is is a suspect in that. Um, and because of her relationship to Kaji, Masato is taken in. Meanwhile, Fuyutsuki is being questioned by Sele, 
on a bunch of different factors. And that kind of leads into the meat of the episode, which is a bunch of flashbacks to various points uh, from, I guess the earliest one is 1999. That seems, no, I guess that's right. From like 1999 to present. I think 99 is the oldest one. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at where it says that here. I was trying to think if it would have gone older than that for any reason. Um, we find out that he used to be a professor at a university, or it says working at the university. I assume, I assume the man taught classes. I assume he did important things. We see him go out to drink with, drink with another teacher who recommends he meets a, uh, a student whose last name is Ikari. Uh, at first, you might think it is Gendo, but it's actually uh, Shinji's mom whose name is Yui. I forgot it for a second. And they sort of have this introductory conversation uh, over this paper that she wrote, which I don't know if what she wrote the paper on is relevant. It might be something related to what becomes the Evangelion Project or something. I actually don't know. Um, That's just a question I'm asking myself in the air right now. That conversation happens. Uh, Futsky is, is like, oh, you could be a really good scientist. And she's sort of talking about options and says she also kind of wants to start a family. Gendo uh, comes into the mix. His, we find out Gendo, uh, Shinji's dad's name, his family name is Rokubangi. Uh, or Rokubanga. I, I, um, he is released into Futsky's custody after he gets in a bar fight, even though Futsky's never met the man. And he immediately dislikes the man. It's so good. It, it, it's really good. Um, we are the, the, all for Yusuke. It, it's, we can get into it, but like, I, I, I really like that immediately they are at such a contrast and you immediately just think about that versus how they are through the rest of the show leading up to this point. Anyway, second impact happens. Surprise. That's a big deal. Oh, I, we, we forgot to talk about the intro bit. Actually, I'm, I'm a fool. Um, oh shit. I forgot about the intro <laughs> bit. Well, so did the wiki. It just goes right into the meat of the episode. Before any of this, we see a cold open uh, found footage bit of Second Impact seemingly happening. You hear a lot of different voices shouting over each other, talking, you know, talking about what mankind has wrought in some very fun platitudes. Uh, You hear someone shout about taking a lance out before it's too late. Turns out it's too late. A camera gets knocked over. A giant white thing that is kind of recognizable as... Pro as the giant, you know, as the giant that we've seen before in Antarctica moves through the screen, and then the video cuts out. It's really cool. It's a great cold open. Yeah, it like cuts to like this UN top secret yeah. screen, the like classified thing. Yeah, which I gotta say the 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 English isn't quite top notch because it says top secret eyes only, and I'm like, that's maybe not the way that you would phrase it. Because I don't like uh, whose eyes are top secret. Of. Uh... I'm trying to think of any joke about any haven't you character. seen any haven't you seen any movie before where they have to like take someone's eyeball to do the scan like <laughs> that's, that's like a whole thing yeah that's I, I, I understand what they're describing it's just the language of it I'm just like would they would it say something about like top secret eyes only just feels like a joke to me for British eyes like, only what's the dead open don't inside yeah, from yes. Lost yeah. it reminds yeah. me of that <laughs> <laughs> I can totally see that. Anyway, uh, second impact happens. Um, Gendo and Futsuki reunite after Futsuki does some doctoring on a boat somewhere. Um, they talk about the uh, Katsuragi expedition, which is referring to Masato's dad, who was part of this uh, 
investigation, uh, this, this expedition. Uh, we hear about a young Masato being mute for two years. We see her sitting in the cell. It's one of the most fucking tragic single shots in the show. It fucking rends my heart every time. Anyway, we find out about that. We find out that uh, that Yui and Gendo got married and that Gendo took her name. We don't really ever hear about why. I don't know if that's important, but it's a thing. Futsuki sort of confronts Gendo being like, hey, some stuff's happening here. Gendo takes him down to the geofront and shows him the prototype of Unit Zero, except it's just a head and hands. Points out the fact that the structure of the geofront, which is the giant cave under there where they, where where everything in Tokyo 3 happens, is a very similar like blast radius or shape or whatever as what happened in Antarctica. Then we... Am I missing anything before? Yeah, okay. You see how hard recapping is, Yeah, this y'all? sucks. No, I'm this, kidding. It doesn't this suck, is... but it's very difficult. Uh, all right. Um, I'm sure there was someone that listened to, like, the early episodes where I would complain. and like, well, it can't be that bad. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, no, th- there was... Either it left something out or I left something out. Um, at some point, we also see uh, Misato and Ritsuko meet and become friends. Um, we also get bits of the narrative that are told in between letters between Ritsuko and her mother, which is something I forgot was in this episode. There's a lot of... Sorry, we'll get to it. There's more bouncing around in who's doing the narrative than I remembered in this. Yeah, and I think this episode is going to reflect that. Definitely, definitely. I mean, I, I feel like a mess just recapping this. Like it, it's, yeah, it's, maybe maybe the hardest one you could have gotten pinned for, and you don't have I cho- episodes I didn't get of practice. Pinned. I, I said to do this one. I forgot it was like this. Sure did. Uh, anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about why. So we go to the point where young Shinji is like five. Uh, we, sorry, we, we cut to an experiment happening in one of the laboratories in uh, the Geofront. Shinji is there. He's like five. Uh, Yo, Yui young is- Shinji, he was five years old. <laughs> he didn't His know parents built a very cool. strange machine. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, yeah, they built a few of those. So you see Yui and Gendo and uh, Futsuke and... Uh, Ritsuko's mother, who I'm trying to find the name of here, and I'm unable. I don't want to just call Naoko. Naoko is Ritsuko's mother's name. I I didn't want to spend the whole episode just calling her Ritsuko's mom. I think that's fine. I think they primarily refer to her as like with her surname. That's yeah, that's fair. So, um, she's there too. You 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 sort of see her doing some early work on the Magi. You see sort of the, you know, screenshots taken moments before tragedy of right before the freak accident that kills uh, Shinji's mom. Mm-hmm. And, and they talk about how Gendo changes directly after that. But also Ritsuko's mom begins to uh, do some smooching on him and they have an illicit affair. In, not an affair. They they start to have sex in the command center of the Geofront, which seems like an inadvisable place to do that. But yeah, I suppose it's, you do it's, you. It's, I think it might be insinuated that either they were having an affair before UA died or she just wanted it because yeah. she does in one of her voiceovers say that like she UA's death is something that she wanted. We can get into it, but I, I later, dialogue but... in that scene. I have opinions on that for sure. OK, but really quickly before we move on, can I just point out that they're essentially banging above the place where Emperor Palpatine falls down the pit in Return of the <laughs> <Yeah>. Jedi? <laughs> Like, that's the scenic Look, location they chose. I am every Jedi. Uh-huh. Oh, God, this sucks. <laughs> At some point, we see... All right. Uh, Ritsuko joins uh, Gehirin, which is the sort of, like, 
precursor group to nerve that this is all happening uh within like at this point gendo and everyone else in this group are part of gehern which is basically a precursor to nerve risco joins uh learns that her mother is fucking gendo which is german for brain by the way all right gehern is yeah that that makes some magi shit yeah Uh fucking strange gendo shows up with a young ray ayanami uh, and there's there's an, an awkward moment where uh, Ritsuko's mom thinks that she reminds her of Yui, and she just sort of does a double take. Um, Gendo says that that Rei is a f- acquaintance's daughter who he has decided to take care of. Is his exact uh, wording? That's which I want yeah. To point he does out. say he decided. Yeah, he decided it's to so take wild. care of. I'm just gonna let that one hang in the air. Um, and we do not see young Shinji around him ever again. No, it, 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 is no. The mo- it is the most like suspicious, ominous thing ever said on a television series. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and I, just because we haven't described uh, what UA looks like, she does not have blue hair or red eyes. So it is kind of in the facial structure that. Uh, yeah. That uh, Ritsuko's mom recognizes her. Also, while we're talking about. Ritz goes like, Ray, you look like that woman in the meme of the autumn and the yeah. ass stuffing with leaves. <laughs> yep. Uh, just while we're talking about physical appearances, this episode does confirm that Ritsuko's hair is not naturally blonde. Yeah. Which is yeah, a weird detail. Yeah, we, that we is a weird one detail. Shot, one shot of her as a kid with red hair like her mom, and at some point before the year 2005, she dies, uh, starts dying at which is, blonde. Which is really good now that I think about it, because... There was that whole episode before where she, like, detailed kind of her complicated relationship with her mom, and it makes yeah. sense that she would want to, like, get rid that of that. That totally does, Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's, that's immediately what I thought. I was like, oh, yep. okay, so she's trying to be different. Cool. Especially the next time you see her, she's, like, in college, and so that's the time in her life when she mm-hmm. was Smoking a cigarette, yep. being a bad Smoking kid. Smoking some yeah. weed. The, de- the devil's lettuce. The devil, the, the electric lettuce itself. Um... Uh, we find out it's oh yeah at some point it's mentioned that um misato and kaji while you know young adults had dated at some point but broke up then we have the encounter where ray wanders into where uh ray walks into the room where ritsuko's mom uh is doing work they have a conversation where ray calls her an old hag and says that she's saying it because gendo says it i learned it from watching you um uh-huh. and did, did you did, did you mention the scene like so right before this is when she talks talks to ritsuko and like because like she just she had just installed the magi oh right yeah it, it, it the way it's presented it seems like the installation of the magi her last conversation with ritsuko and this exchange with ray happened within like a 30 minute window <laughs> or at least the same night right i, I think you're yeah. right yeah that's what it that, seems that, like yeah it seems like she's just sitting there and then ray shows up th- that is always how i read it especially like when they talk about her death uh we'll get to it but but her death and everything mm-hmm. but yeah and so then uh ritsuko's mom chokes her does it and we pff, there's some imagery with that that we're gonna have to talk about Mm-hmm. So that happens, and then we see uh, a police chalk outline of her body in front of one of the three magi brain bank things, um, with a giant blood splatter all around it, implying they I call those she... think tanks. Actually, dude, <laughs> sorry, they call them on. shark tanks. <laughs> I would like to. I would like a loan of ten thousand dollars to build <laughs> the, the rest of this Evangelion unit's arms. Right now, it just has hands. God damn it. Fucking oh, suck. God. <laughs> Fuck. So at some point during all this, uh, Gendo reveals that he has been approved to start 
the instrumentality project, um, which they sort of established was something that Sele, I guess, had already had in their minds, and he was sort of just approved to be the one to lead their plans, which we already knew, I guess, but it's good to have sort of framed in this perspective. Yeah, and he also describes it as, like, to become a being equal to God or some equal shit. To God, yep. How can man become a being like God? Uh, good question, Gendo. I wonder if that'll ever... Um, anyway, <laughs> sorry. Uh, so Gehern is officially disbanded and becomes Nerve. Almost everyone there uh, goes to Nerve, except for uh, the person who just died. F. We flash back to the present. We see Kaji sort of finish up his phone call. Uh, he frees Fuyutsuke. Fuyutsuke's like, you know, they're going to kill you for this. And Kaji says, yes, I do. He, uh, Masato's released from custody. She's given her gun and badge back. Kaji is in a dimly lit room with a giant fan casting light into it, uh, greets someone off screen, and there is a gunshot as the screen cuts to black. Misato gets home and hears the rest of the message from Kaji, uh, which is essentially to the tune of, you probably won't see me again, but if you do, I'll say to you what I couldn't uh, eight years ago before we broke up. Uh, she starts crying. Shinji is there in the room. This is the first time we've seen adult Shinji all episode. He's just listening to music and not getting involved. And it ends on that note. Yeah. That felt like it took so fucking long to do. Holy actually How do you do this every episode? That's, that's, that's yeah. I think, on par with the last few episodes. It usually takes like 20 minutes. Lately. I think it's that actually a little bit. It's a little shorter than usual, I think. Jesus, I'm I'm sweating over here. I I felt I like I was dragging this episode it's, out so long. You never know what that spotlight feels like until it's on you. Right, yeah. Yeah. Why do you think both of us are like, oh no, maybe the guest should do it. I don't really know. <laughs> uh, I see. <laughs> I was not going to force Jay to the volunteer. I was. Uh, no, I was. Yeah, I know. I, I knew you. Listen, I was ready for it, or I thought I was. <laughs> I don't think anything's like specifically was glossed over. I think there's like some tiny details. Like a lot of it is framed through Fuyutsuki's memory when he's being interrogated by Sile. Yeah, but for sure. I don't know if, did you mention the, this is the first time they're visualized as these monoliths. Sile, is this the first time they're shown as I think monoliths? so. Yes. Yes, I'm pretty is. sure. Really? I hadn't, okay. seen that I hadn't seen that before, I don't think. Huh, okay. All right. I, I, I did not realize it was, to be honest. In, in my head, that is a thing you periodically see but i guess not i think we had only previously seen them as like when they're like in like a uh, old man with colors form. right yeah okay yeah uh, okay yeah I, I forgot which was which was first but yeah okay, i wasn't i wasn't completely sure but chris's confirmation i trust but yeah so that happens some of their voices are like deepened like they're in witness protection yep the monolith just looked one of those super cool just like the Sealy and then the number and then like sound only. It's just like yeah. so I don't know, efficient, clinical the word. Um it reminds yeah. me of uh Interstellar, how the robots are just cubes. Yeah. Like they're <laughs> they're just efficient cubes because why would you make it not that? Like the most efficient that's... form of a robot that isn't a soldier is just a cube. That's that's a good one. I have uh, I've just recently finally been playing uh Near Automata which also does a kind of similar aesthetic. There's parts of that game where you are hacking into servers and into other machines' brains, and they are always kind of constructed in these green-gray arrays of blocks that make up really complex visuals, but are all just based in simple white and gray and green cubes, basically. 
Yeah, I, I think I think that aesthetic really works for uh, for a very certain kind of like impersonal, chilling sci-fi tone, which is you know an Evangelion thing. Yeah, for sure. So, so where do, where where do you want to start, Chris oh or or Jay? Where uh, Chris, what, please. I, I've let's talked start, so yeah, much. Give Jay a break from speaking. <laughs> yeah, I I only wrote uh, one thing down, and it was while Jay was recapping. Okay. First, I guess we could talk about the the cold open because it made an impression on, on all three of us. Like, for yeah. you two, it's mostly just like, oh, I forgot this was here. But for me, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, wow, that was cool. I really I liked it because it was the first time in forever that a kind of found footage aesthetic felt neat and not like tired and hackneyed. It felt I felt like I got the feeling from it that all things like that are going for that kind of feeling of like of like footage from security cameras like oh no something's going wrong and that cuts to like a very official just kind of like blue like don't, you wouldn't download a car kind of screen yeah um, <laughs> and um, but and like I was just like oh like that this is what it feels like to have that work again like I feel like it's been so beaten in the ground that it was cool to see like an effective one again it's, it yeah, also when, was like when you it, when you've seen a, a style so much it is I think hard to be impressed absolutely I think one of the reasons it works here too is that it's you know once you see Adam the glowing body of Adam looming in, across the buildings you yeah, realize it's fucking what terrifying you, you well you realize what you're watching you realize you're watching this event that you've only seen in like those couple newspaper clippings you see a couple times mm-hmm. the photo a grainy photo and I think maybe a couple of shots in the episode where you learn about Masato as a kid like you've only ever seen it in grainy shots and now you're going to see a little more visual of it and I think that visual being conveyed through a you know found cassette tape from this facility that got obliterated really works. Yeah, and I think um, a lot of things contribute to that strength. I think, one, it it coming in, you know, 21 episodes in, um, it only being a minute and a half, it being about events that we've known about and heard about. Yeah. Um, and also that it's not like... I, I don't think it's being used as a cheap way to have a shaky, poorly directed action sequence where you just don't get a good look at the thing like it's half like half the shots are it's like the a security camera that you can't see fucking shit it's just it just evokes the yeah. mood and then you only get like one where the camera falls down with i gotta say the best folly work i've ever heard i thought one of your two microphones fell down because <laughs> it sounded exactly like that uh and then you get like barely a shot of 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 adam and it's like i know what this is from the last 20 episodes which they refer to as the giant repeatedly but we we've seen just enough of the second like the second impact to know it but yeah and then it cuts off with the top secret eyes only dead open inside i also like that it um with all the like overlaid dialogue at the beginning it felt like uncut gems with less fucks <laughs> it is i mean yeah it is like two different conversations to follow at once um, which is like half of the number of conversations going in uncut gems at a time. That's true. Fucking but love that movie. But it was a movie. similar similar effect of just like, oh, whoa, I'm trying to catch everything, and I'm fucking yeah, spinning around the, uh, in the middle of traffic. The Safdie brothers are really good at just using several conversations in a tiny room to create tension, and I, I think it's kind of a similar approach here, where you're like, you have a conversation going on in the footage, and then what I interpreted as a conversation of people watching the footage. I thought that way too, yeah. Because Gendo and Fuyutsuki, it, it was their voices and it sounded like it was mixed differently. It sounded more clear. That was that was my interpretation. Um, 
and then they were talking or they could have been closer to the the microphone source in the in in the fiction um but yeah they were talking about they also wouldn't have been together right before second impact i don't think so if if the if it was their voices it would be maybe audio of them watching it happening watching a tape of it happening and us getting their, I don't know, Rift Tracks commentary on it. I, I, I would also say, nor would they know about uh, the Lance of Longinus. Uh... Maybe? I could be wrong. That, that's, this, this is a conversation for me and Jay, but... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the, the, the Lance. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they talk about the Lance, and yeah, you and I know about the Lance. Well, I... they, they do call it the Lance of Longinus, like that is in the subtitles, so... I'm not spoiling the name of it for Chris. Do they? Yeah, I, I actually don't know. Now that you're saying that, I have no idea. I kind of assumed Gendo already knew about it just because Gendo is a man who knows things. Um, but that, and we never I, know how much at any given point. Good God, we have no idea. Um, is he, he just has the eyes of a man you can never trust. <laughs> Which, yeah, I mean, it's true uh, when he's old, too. But anyway. I, I, I think the only, like, lore thing to take away from that is that... Uh, I've gotten to this point in, in my podcasting career that I just hate saying the word lore. <laughs> S- similarly to content, it's just words that make me feel yeah. sick to say. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, what's I think important takeaways from that opening sequence on top of just like what it's showing us and that it's done very well. Um, some of the conversations are about like S2 engine experiments. Yeah. And then the I think the mention of the Lance of Longinus is important, even though it's it's just mentioned. I don't think anything else matters. Although... Uh, eagle, eagle-eyed uh, viewers will remember a scene of Unit Zero walking down a hallway with a lance like five episodes ago. I was gonna ask if that had already happened. I figured it, it was a while have. ago. It was yeah. like a cliffhanger. The last five seconds, <laughs> and then it doesn't come back until it does. No, and I yeah, I'm 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 even like showing my hand a little bit to remind it in this context. But yeah, I just really like spoilers. I just really like the design <laughs> of the lance. Oh, it looks real cool. I, it's, a, it's a tattoo I've been considering for a long time. I like what they do. Never mind. This is not a conversation for Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Anyway. I'll just, I'll just change the subject and say my only note that I wrote down uh, while Jay was recapping is I kind of liked the reveal of like the, the weird things they did to reveal Shin- Shinji's mom in, in the story because we're yeah, it's it's from Fuyutsuki being a professor and someone's like, hey, there's this student you should check out. The name's Akari. And then at some point they start using she, her pronouns. And then you're like, oh, they're married. But then she mentions maybe being married. And then the reveal is that Gendo took her name. And it's yeah. just like these weird little things. That's I, I think the way that the order in which they sprinkle out details of just like he met UA first the it seems like the reason that Yue and Gendo know each other is because of Fuyutsuki. Yeah, a, a little bit. Yeah, or, or at the very least, he moved it forward. Yeah, and then they're apart after the the second impact, and then they end up working together again after in Antarctica, and that's when they reveal like, oh, I got married to Yue. By the way, she's not here on this expedition because we had a kid. Yeah, some something I really like about this episode is that it makes me look at Fuyutsuki as a character very differently, which which goes back to yeah. what, you, what you're just saying there. Like, you know, it's so easy to just see him as the second in command to Gendo, as the person who stands by his side and talks shit to him about, all right, let, you know, about commanding a bunch of teens to defend the world. Like Zordon. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's easy to God. see Fusuke as Alpha and Gendo as Zoro. <laughs> exactly. I I I I I. But any but um but yeah, it, it's 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 one interesting to see him be kind of the focal point of the episode or at least parts of the episode. But two, it's it's really interesting to see his life before Second Impact and the fact that he was a professor and you know was like academically settled and both of these you know both of these people shinji's parents were just young academics who he kind of met in his work and then second impact happens and changes all that yeah, yeah and, and and he used to have morals yeah right yeah. i yeah i really like how it recontextualizes what we've seen of him it's like mm-hmm. he's been worn down to the state that we've seen him in for oh, yeah. for 20 episodes i also like how i i feel like a lot of shows could pull this and it be hackneyed or or boring but i i really like how this organization has completely controlled so many different generations of families because yeah. we see like through these flashbacks we see how fuyutsuki is like connected to Masato and like she's the only survivor of her parents thing um so he sees her there and Ritsuko is there because of her mom and that's how she ends up friends with uh Masato and they stay in this system and then it's easy to assume that Kaji gets pulled into this system because of those two women yeah 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 Kaji's the only one who doesn't have the the parental thing that we know of but even yeah so yeah and and I and I think he being in multiple different organizations and like a double triple agent, I think is uh I think I think that works as a dynamic. Yeah, I yeah. Kaji's a piece of he shit. He don't got a family. Yeah, Kaji's a piece of shit, but he's an interesting to think about piece of shit in that way. Yeah. He's like a he's like a <laughs> I don't wanna just say he's he's like Travis Bickle, but he does kind of feel like this extremely gray complicated character that would be in that type of movie because it's like okay yeah there are good there there are things he does that have good outcomes even though he is a piece of shit who yeah has taken advantage of a lot of people to get from point a to point b um and his morals and drive seem to change from day to day but I mean, it also, it seems like he goes out on his own terms of being like, I'm going to do one good thing and then the consequences will be to die. Oh, he's um, ready for it. Yeah, he's absolutely yeah. ready for it when it happens. You know, he, he tells he tells the presumably assassin you're late. Like he's he's fucking ready for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He snapped at the end there. He 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 went out. He he got to look cool before he went. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's the thing. It's like, even though we've said so many negative things about him, I'm just like. I don't know if I'm in this last moment. I don't know if I'm mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm taking the way you two are talking about this to like, you know, confirm that he is actually dead because there was a part of me that is like TV litter. I was like, okay, well, we didn't see a body, so he might still be alive. That, but that's I'm taking fair. that. I'm taking this to mean he actually is dead, in which case I will say I honestly feel like there is a little bit of unfinished business with him as a character. Something about this doesn't feel like he should have gone yet or like they didn't like there was something missing that they could have done while he was alive you know i guess you the sense that like there's a little i don't know i i don't think we're done i don't think we're done talking about him like the show i mean okay. I, I don't think the show is done talking about him or his impact in the story because I, I i don't remember exactly the details of the next two episodes my brain blanks between now and 24 and and just to speak on the didn't see a body thing 
I, I I could be speaking out of my out of my ass here, uh, filled with leaves, but I don't know. I I think there might be a limit to certain things that can be shown on certain time blocks on Japanese television. Um, so that might be it's like the uh, a motivation behind some of the choices to like, you know, we don't see him be shot, we don't see, uh, Ritsuko's mom jump off. We just see the the blood on the ground. Um, that could be it. I could be wrong. I don't know when this was aired or how it was rated. I just, I think of like, uh, certain things being censored in Jojo because you can't show a minor smoking. This is going to lead into a very interesting offshoot from that. Um, I honestly, and y'all can laugh at me. I honestly thought that Ritsuko's mom, I didn't think at all that, that she jumped. I thought that Ray somehow like pushed her over that edge and don't and hear me out because the episode 100 percent portrays uh kid ray like a horror movie character absolutely 100 <laughs> no, totally yeah she's extremely unsettling my reading of that scene is that she like because we see ray's arms limp is that she did kill ray and then jump off that being said that makes way more sense than what I thought. That being that like... being said, you know, we've seen Ray at age 14. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you're right. She I mean, she is framed as a horror character. For me, it was a, re- like it was a response omen. to guilt. But yeah, I, I think I think I like you can totally. Big. Yeah, I think you can totally read it one way or another as she is kind of the cause of her death of. Uh, yeah either way either way ray is is the impetus in in the end of 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 her life yeah and yeah she shows up and she's like hey you're useless now the person that you are involved with who has me now says you're useless and she's like how fucking dare you little brat and then uh it's not yeah she She like seems to yeah she like slips into something she seems to like realize what she's doing after she's done it yeah, so that le- that is a key bit of one of the reasons I was thinking about this episode a lot when, Joe, you asked me what episode I want to come on and talk about. Yeah, you picked this one. Yeah, and, and yeah, so originally I was going to pick one of the last couple that y'all just did, because I, I think the um, the Toji ones and then the Berserk ones are, are probably my favorite episodes of Evangelion. But this good. one, But this one to me is just kind of like, those ones were such intense conversation that I almost would have felt bad barging in on it with you guys. Like, I, I kind of wanted to leave y'all to that one. This one is kind of a step back and a perspective shift in a way that felt a little more apt to walk into. But something I really think about a lot with this episode is that it humanizes the older characters in the show, like Futsuki, like yeah. even Gendo. Like, Gendo's a terrible dad, but it even humanizes him. It humanizes... um it's, it humanizes Ritsuko's mom, who we have not heard that much about, except for what Ritz, what uh, Ritsuko's had to say about her. Yeah, and, I don't. Yeah, and like humanizing doesn't necessarily mean like absolve of yeah, sins. No. It's just like more fully fleshing out and being like there are motivations behind becoming more awful people. Like mm-hmm. Gen- Gendo dips into his weird, creepy shit after UA dies, even if it's kind of insinuated he might have had an affair but there's still a jump between affair and teenage torturer right exactly but um but yeah i i think a lot of like the <laughs> the people who are responsible for the main characters of this show for shinji and you know ray and asuka and even masato having all of their trauma the people who's who are not responsible but who 
are in ways responsible and who pass the torch. They were also just people susceptible to human yeah. emotion and folly and all the shit of the world. And that doesn't absolve them of anything again. But I think stuff like what happens with Ritsuko's mom, stuff like young Gendo really cements that in an effective way that I think about more and more every time I revisit it. Yeah. I, I, I think um, revisiting this show has really sh- like, I've really uncovered how much of it is about generational trauma. Absolutely. And I think it's really good about those things. That's maybe the strongest thing that it depicts. And cause I think a lot of the coming of age stuff, it's uh, messy about when it comes to like sexuality and depicting certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, and just some of the decisions it makes more, more than intent. I think the intent is what I don't have issue with. I'm asterisk asterisk. I have four more episodes to watch, but uh, yeah, I think I think this episode's really valuable and important in depicting some of that background stuff, and it does it so efficiently. It, it oh, yeah. like this is the one episode, and they show you so much. And I'm not, I don't, it doesn't feel like a history lesson. I'm not bored. I'm just like, this is a great episode that peeks into flashbacks. Yeah, and like seeing how everyone came together was kind of fun. Yeah, like absolutely. even the even the sad shot that Jay mentioned, where like Masada was like. It like you know like alone and younger yeah. and like the yeah whatever i was like oh like here's where we get to see like that part of history that we knew about and then like we're gonna see all the pieces in play and like how we got here it's like it was it was enjoyable that, that shot gutted me this time way more like i didn't really think about it before this viewing of it but it really shook me when i saw it for some reason it's just one of I mean, the most reason, effective but... cuts in this show maybe is her adult sitting in the cell to her as a kid in the cell yeah, it's it does so much with just the cut. Yeah. And you have to her talking, talking about not liking darkness. And it's mm-hmm. also interesting. I, I was on on the point of how much is hit upon in this episode with the background of all these characters. While we were watching it, I did kind of start to wonder if does it bounce around too much? Does it bouncing around between different points of view maybe happen a little too much i don't think it does but i I think the point where we get into ritsuko reflecting on masato is really interesting where where you Mm -hmm. you hear her uh she's writing letters to her mom right she's writing a letter saying like oh i met this this uh masato katsuragi she said that she didn't talk for two years now it feels like she's making up for lost time the the way she talks about her as their friendship starts to emerge is is really effective and interesting too And, and that that also goes back to just like a reminder that these people are also just human beings bumping into each other on planet earth on, on the ravaged earth. Yeah. That's then that's the thing. It's like, I think these relationships are shaped by like all, uh, everyone in the show, every relationship and character in the show is shaped by trauma and yeah. like on so many different scales. Cause it's not just, I have a shitty dad or we'll get into Oscar stuff next time or yada, yada, yada. But just like the, the large scale trauma of the second impact that completely changes so many people's lives and what is like just the the way the entire world is looked at. And it's gotta say, so fucking glad uh Anno got to do a Godzilla movie. <laughs> yeah. Like this, this I was thinking about that so much during this. Um because Shin Godzilla is a really great movie. I was also thinking recently that I wish Anno got to direct a short in the Animatrix. Oh, that oh, would have been wow. so dope. Uh, he, yeah, um, one of them was directed by someone who did some artwork for the show. 
because I did some digging. I don't remember which one or which name. I should have written it down when I cracked it. If I had to guess just from memory I th- of what I th- the, sh- the thing looked like, I bet it was the one where they did the flashback to when the machines like very first started to like kill the humans or whatever else. Because like, it kind of, it, from in my mind's eye, it looks a little bit similar to this art style. Yeah, I'd have to look up the names and I won't uh, do it on the pod. I might post it in the Orange Groves Discord or something. It was because I remember being like uh, looking it up and one of the directors had worked on the show, but they had mainly just um, done some key art and designed some angels. Um, And I don't think they've directed much else other than that short. Yeah, it's just a a concurrence of I watched the Animatrix this week and also did this. (laughs) And I was like, (laughs) oh, he would have been so good at it. Absolutely. All right. I have I have this is completely on a different note from this. but I'm just thinking about it. I have I have a thing that I have always I don't have a definitive opinion on in this episode, and I want to know where y'all fall on this. Something that we see a few times is whenever Futsuki, you see especially the first time and then one other time, when Futsuki is talking to Yui, when Futsuki is talking to Shinji's mother, when they first meet in his office, okay. and then later there's a point where they're talking on a... Uh, outside the point the point where they're they're talking about how it's always summer and he can't fill his ass with leaves anymore um there's multiple points where while they're talking he the camera lingers on him looking at her in very specific ways and i've i have seen people argue that maybe he had romantic feelings for her that he never expressed or that he just admired her as a colleague i i have never really known how i felt about whether this show is trying to imply that Futsuke had romantic feelings for Shinji's mother or not. And I was wondering if, if y'all had a take on that from those little unspoken moments there. I don't think that this is actually what happened, but I even had a moment where I just went even further with it because there's the scene where they're by like the river or whatever, mm-hmm. and Shinji's in the stroller and he's looking off at the river and she's with the kid or whatever. And there's like a pause between the conversation about like whatever, except the second impact bullshit, and then like whatever else, where he just goes like, "We won't do that again" or something like that. And I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, what if that was like implying like he's actually Shinji's father like they oh had like God. they had slept together and like you know what I'm saying like just like I don't think that actually happened but like the that line happening like where it did in the rhythm of the conversation with the like the blocking of the scene like put it in my head as like an interesting possibility because I also felt there could have been something there and like yeah Th- so I went even further with, with that that's I, that's I, 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 I thought he was say. talking about another impact <laughs> He was, he but was. that's the thing is like, like I said, just like the it's blocking of it made me think like, oh, but like, what if it was that? Like, what if because it was also like, meant to mean both things? Yeah. Yeah. Cause like the vibe of that just feels so like something. Yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's well written as, as vague. I, I've never read anything. And like you saying that I was like, oh, I, I have no idea. So I went and looked at it. And, um, there is like some looks where I'm like, okay, he's probably, I, I read it as maybe like impressed by this young woman being like, cause he's like, he, he's like reading yeah. her paper when it's yeah. happening. And then I think after that, I think there might be some concern because his, cause he doesn't like Gindo very much. That's also valid. I, I, that's really all I have. Like I'm, I'm, that's just my interpretation. Yeah. Of it. I, I, I don't really think like, I, I'm, I'm not entirely sure either. That's just a thing I have seen sort of debated once or twice. And I've never really been sure either. So I was just curious. 
Yeah, I could kind of see it going that way, but as much as I just, like, did the the wildest conspiracy theory, I actually <laughs> do think that if I had to make an honest, like, concrete guess, I would say it's almost more like the relationship that Obi-Wan has to Padman and Anakin, where he's, like, watching these comparison. two people that shouldn't, oh, that that shouldn't get one. together do, that he's like, oh, fuck, these kids, like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think you're probably you're probably on the right track there. That's a really good comparison, and it actually makes me assume that that makes me make some more logical leaps to think. I wonder if Yutsuki sticks around with Gendo because it's what UA would have wanted. Because like, it if Yutsuki has every right to fuck off from Nerve after UA dies. Uh, yeah, sure. And he doesn't. He's still there, like in the present. And I, I don't know if they specifically read into why, um, in like I'm, explicitly in the text. There's, there's the part where he's asking, "Are you planning to cause a third impact?" Like he, he, he does speak pretty fervently about not wanting to let it happen again enough times. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think there is more to it than that for him. Like I, I, for, I had completely forgotten about the shot where right after second impact, we see him on a boat somewhere, uh, working as an unlicensed doctor to help people who are still suffering after second impact. Like, I, I think there is a general sense of humanity in him. That's part of it. But mm-hmm. I, I do that's also such think a that, good detail too. Yeah. That, that, that that's where he goes after it. Completely forgot about that scene. But, but I, I think you're also right. That, that what would she have wanted for, her husband and her kid even is definitely also a factor. Mm-hmm. Have we talked much about like, uh, so Fuyutsuki comes to Gendo and, and like, is like, Hey, what's up? I know you're depressed. What's happening. And he's like upset with Gendo when he talks about the instrumentality project. But when you just said, like he talked about not creating, I, I think this is it's either after the instrumentality conversation or after the, when he's showing the geo front, um, geo but it's some... first, I think. Okay. I actually, no, I think it's, I think it's before the instrumentality because I'm, I, I'm thinking about when he shows him the beginnings of the Eva and describes it as yeah. the counterpart to Adam in the biblical sense, mm-hmm. which is such a obvious, but somehow good reveal. <laughs> I know. I, I literally typed in my notes like, Oh, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Adam and Ava, got it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think showing the skeleton of just like, yeah, we're copying what we saw up there because we are going to chase godhood. Um, and Fuyutsuki's like, concerned. Uh, and, <laughs> Why, and, though? I don't know. And uh, yeah, it's also when the Magi is like started to be work on and just like, yeah, yeah I just like that. And then uh, have we described the freak accident in detail of UA's? Or have we just said that there was a freak accident? Also, have we um, mentioned that Shinji was there? We we mentioned that Shinji was there. They don't show the freak accident in detail. I I'm trying it's to a, think if they from, do in another one in another from, episode. From the blocking of the scene and like the fact that we know what nerve test facilities look like, even though we don't see it, my assumption was that she was in an Eva. Like yeah. I like my and I I could be wrong it could be explained later jay you don't need to spoil it if you don't want to um no, i'm just, trying to think okay but just my interpretation of that scene based on how we've seen so many nerve facilities with testing um and like the big wall of glass that like baby shinji is up against i i took it as it not showing us unit zero but that she was doing a sync test with it i i, I think you're probably right or yeah 
Th- and that's that also rooted in some other things I know about the Ewa that haven't been explicitly stated on the podcast. Yes, I think we are thinking about the same things. Can I very briefly cut in with a fun fact that I learned today that, like, y'all probably already knew, but, like, maybe I'm betting this one other person at least listening that didn't know this until I say it. Please do. Um, uh, the Japanese word for zero is Ray. Mm. Cool. Yep, so, like, the whole unit zero thing, I was like, oh, okay, there it is. So if you also didn't know that, tweet at me, add Tover Disgrace, and just say, I didn't know that. <laughs> Hashtag Nervous Rex Pod. Uh, oh, boy. Also, oh, also, while, while I'm cutting in with random things, I was right. I looked it up. I nailed it on the first try. The, the person you mentioned that worked on Evangelion and the Animatrix, it was the exact segment I thought of. Oh, so. it was the, uh, the second Renaissance? Yep. I'm assuming you were talking about the second Renaissance. I was. I probably shouldn't know those by name, but I do. <laughs> a lot of a lot of recognizable voice actors in those things. Um, the detective one, the the lead, the detective is voiced by James Arnold Taylor, who is Titus in Final Fantasy X. Huh. So it's a, oh my God. it's a voice that I that recognize rules. really well. And um, the voice of Orin is in one is in a couple of them. He's like plays an agent, and I think two of them. Um, oh, and then that's dope. Uh, John DiMaggio and Tara Strong are in some of them. It's just Voice actors who get a lot of work, it's not surprising, it's just neat. Right. Anyways. Anyways. I don't know if I have anything else. It's like, this episode is a huge thing, there's no universe in which we talk about everything, but... Yeah. I I, I had one other thing I wanted to bring up, and it's the uh, the very last scene. It's it's Masato listening to the oh, voicemail from Kaki. That's important, yeah. It is, yeah. Which, and, and that that is a thing, right? Like... I know I already said it. This episode hops around in terms of who we're focusing on a lot. Because yeah. I, I, I had forgot that happened in this episode, too. Because in my mind, this episode was all all from Fiyutsuki's perspective. Or not all, but very largely. Um, and so see this very emotional moment with Misato and, you know, teenage Shinji at the end was almost like, whoa, what? Where are we? Like, it wasn't jarring, but it was almost jarring. I like this scene a lot. I mean, I don't like watching Masato break down and cry, but I like the way this scene is composed in the sense that no one says it, but I read it as... So So we have her coming home. She cracks open a beer, sits there, stares a thousand yards away, uh, notices there's a, a message on the machine, listens to it. It's Kaji. She breaks down. Uh, it cuts before she even sees it, a couple times to Shinji in the other room with earbuds in, I have always read this entire scene as Shinji having been home when the machine picks up the message and hearing the message recorded and just not knowing what to do besides wait for Masato to get home and listen to and, it. And, and put his fucking headphones in. Yeah. I had I, never I, 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 I considered that. That's yeah, I, I, that feels totally accurate to me. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if that's even how it's intended, but that's always how I've seen it. Because he, you know, the the ta- the cassette tape for him, the earbuds are such a like safety device. They're a very like insular yes. thing for him, and so that to me, that's the cue of like, all right, he's got those in. He's hiding in the dark. He's waiting. He's had a rough that's couple days, I think, whether oh, he, he heard has. it or not. Yeah. Um, I just want to say I think he seems he seems to know what what's going that's on though so. at yeah. the end when he's talking like about like oh like I'm I'm since I'm still a child I don't know what to say like he I think he knows he, yeah he knows at least something even if he doesn't know but I think he's smart enough to put like to piece it together um I just when that scene started I think it's so effective that feeling of her coming home that it's like and like how downtrodden she is to be there 
I, I think it's really a that scene is so much more effective because it's been so long since we've seen them here. Like, yeah. it feels like, God, has it been a fucking long couple days or couple episodes that it's just like that feeling of coming home and just being so fucking exhausted. Yeah, that's true. That's great. Yeah, I, I, I felt that so hard and being like, oh, I haven't seen these shots of like her beer wall or these apartment <laughs> walls in so long. And I think it just and I mean, granted, we're, we're watching this longer than weekly, um, but but still, I think it's just a really effective, like, visual language of like returning to that. Exactly. Yeah, I, I could not agree more. But anyways, yeah, her breaking down, I think it's shot really well, or I maybe should say animated, but I think the yeah, the composition of the of the frames really good. Yeah. And like the way that uh, her her facial like her face is of like realizing what it is or she, I think she knew before she hit the button. Yeah. Um, but just like her response to it and yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's really effective. Shinji peeking his head in and then noping out, I think is effective too. And uh, yeah, it's a bit of a bummer note to end on. Yep. It's real good though. Like sit, sitting and watching her go through all that is like, they make you, like really sad that a piece of shit died because <laughs> right, of what exactly. it's doing to her. Yeah. Um, and well, that's the thing uh, too is the, like was... his, his final moments were like, whether they were him trying to redeem himself on his way out or just again, the side effect of him doing what he wants in any given moment happens to end on a high note. Um, yeah. I, I, I'd like that vagueness to Kaji. Um, but like, yeah, like faults and included, he was someone that she cared about. And his final act was like, I've given you the information to continue this work that is important to both of us. I've done all I can. I'm gone now. Sorry that I was a piece of shit for so many years, but keep going forward. Um, and it's, yeah, it's heavy. I uh, I loved the the visuals and the sound design of the tears hitting the table. Yes. Yeah. Which is off frame when it, when it first happened. And then I also loved her, like, pushing against the table when she falls to her knees. Like, felt so human. Mm-hmm. Like, it felt like we were actually watching someone grieve like yeah. in real life and not like, like what people think a character would do. Like, it felt very real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, there are points where this show gets very like actual human motion in how a character holds themselves or physically reacts to something like that. You see it a lot in the Ava cockpits even. And like, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's, this is definitely the same kind of direction. I think. I have, like, several more notes, but I can run through them very quickly, and we can get on out of here. Go. I like the detail of Masato handing over the pistol and badge without having to be asked. I felt like it was, like, a, a tiny little thing that just kind of hammers yeah. home, like, how, like, she knows the program. Like, she knows she exactly knows. what the protocol is. Like, yep, okay, here we go. I do this now. Um, I I laughed really hard when um the we meet Shinji's mom, and she's like, I'm thinking about getting married if I meet a nice person <laughs> knowing who, who she wants <laughs> to wed to. It's she a, never it, does. Yeah. Um, I, I, I found it really interesting that Gendo, from a certain, like, hear me out, he has kind of, like, a protagonist origin story. So, like, in a different movie, you would open on, like, the shitty guy, like, drunken, bar fighting, broken his arm, like, like, down on his luck that gets enlisted by a science organization to, like, help combat this, like, you know, biological threat or whatever. Like, yeah, that's, like, that is, like... It, yeah, it's like a Nolan character or a Scorsese character. Maybe, maybe too simple for a Scorsese character, but... I was gonna say he would have been played by a young Harrison Ford if it was live yeah. action. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like it, yeah. in, in, in like if it had that arc of him being good actually and like yeah. saving the day, even though he stayed an asshole. 
but no, <laughs> he does crimes <laughs> against humanity. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. So if, I, I don't know if we said it before we were recording or, or if it was after. But he he looks like a a a, a mangy dog <laughs> when, when he, yeah, he does. comes he, out of that hospital. He really does. Yeah, he looks fucked up. Yeah, he has yeah. he has Shinji's eyes, and it's weird. And now I know why he wears those glasses all the time. Uh, speaking of, of of him, I also want to really quickly shout out the the cross shadow behind him when he announces his intentions with the Human Instrumentality Project. The so show good. loves its religious imagery, and that was a, a cool one. It reminded um, me of spe- uh, I think the films in black and white, but like the old Scarface movie. Just because that movie loves to put X's on the screens by casting shadows every time that someone dies. Mm-hmm. So like, I, if I remember correctly, the scene opens with like seven people being killed and then you just see like the shadow casting from like a bridge so there's just seven big x's on the screen um yeah and i just oh, i'm a sucker for shadow work yeah there's some good shadow work uh in yeah in a couple parts of this episode too and uh and speaking of his eyes there's the moment where b- during the ray and, and ritsuka's mom conversation where they they cut to like the kiss where he has his eyes open and my note reads holy shit i was in the middle of typing a bruno mars joke when the child strangulation started yeah. <laughs> i yeah. was not ready that, that, i was that's... i was going for the like uh, their eyes like why were they open and then suddenly like nope not joking time anymore <laughs> that, that that's there's a lot of like physical communication in that scene too like when when uh when we see her going to him and they start making out in the chair in the command center like he's just sitting there like a statue and she comes like there's something about the way that scene is constructed that tells you a lot about what their affair whatever relationship was like mm-hmm. in terms of how they interacted with each other sorry yeah, anyway, there, there, there was no surprise there was no like that like that was not her coming on to him that was just business as expected here we are again yeah, yeah. yep yep like yes thing i feel he's always in fucking control of any situation oh, yeah. he's in yep yeah or at least after uh, the death of I ua mean, it seems that way i think that's true i mean that's a bigger conversation but i think that's true yep. from the moment he names fiyutsuke as the person to get him out of the uh, police station i'd have to watch yeah. i'd have to watch this again to to <laughs> and I, I think i might watch this again before the next episode of the podcast it's a big one, yeah. It, it's a big one. Um, but uh, I think, that, yeah, I think that's a fair reading. It's just there's there's a scrappy quality that I feel like I, I think I associate his control over situations with that scrappiness going away. That's fair. But I think I think your reading is also very fair in that he always has it. Yeah, I think I think I like Jay's reading more than I could prove it. Like, sure, that's yeah. extremely like, I just, fair. I, I think I agree with you, and I'm the one who had the reading. Yeah. Um. All right. Two more. One. The uh the ever present uh Boilermaker thing here with uh the credits music is wonderful. Um. Yeah. And then I oh, feel like gotta talk about that preview too. Oh God. Yeah. Um. And and the last thing I modified some dialogue to show how I would have written the Ritzko line. Today she introduced me to the guy. He sucked. <laughs> That's all. That's it. Those are good notes. Those are good notes. Uh, I really bring that first time perspective. Yeah. It's yeah. Great. It's very valuable and important. Let's talk about that preview then of the next oh one. Oh boy. Flashing lights warning. Holy shit. Yeah. Which I imagine, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's from the next episode. So I think the next episode will have a big flashing lights warning. Yes. But uh, yeah, it's... I mean, the text is really unsubtle about 
<laughs> what's gonna happen? Yeah, it's kind of funny actually. It's well, it's yeah. It's yeah. It's like it, a dark comedy, but yes, it's blunt. I I think I ah oh, fuck. I can't say what I think about it. I think there is a much like the debate on whether the fan service stuff in the earlier pre rolls ha- or uh, in the earlier previews has a bigger point to it. I think there's a, like a another thing going on with the way it's worded in this one that I can't sure. talk about. I was just like, all right, damn, you're reading the wiki? Like, it was just, like, <laughs> talking so much about yeah. what was going to happen. I was yeah. like, all right, let me watch the fucking thing. It, it was like a movie trailer that tells you the whole plot of the movie. Yeah, I mean, that, that is, like, an interesting comparison, though, was the, the fan service when it actually wasn't in every episode. Yeah. And then it just completely disappears, which is an interesting shift. But yeah, if you so, want to know more about my take on that one, get at me in the Discord channel when that episode comes out. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and behind spoiler tags. Yes. But uh, so yeah, it's it's a bunch of flashing lights of of various text on screen. Kind of looks like graffiti. Some of it looks like like romanized words. Some of it looks like I, it goes so fast. I really don't know how much of it was uh, hiragana or kanji or anything or or, or letters, but. Uh, it's also flashed with images of Asuka, like, screaming at bed, screaming in the pilot, uh, of a cockpit of her Eva, just a lot of Asuka, and all the text is also, uh, I say text because I'm thinking of subtitles, but the dialogue of the next time on voice is talking about Asuka and how she can't handle, um, what is it, like, losing, losing the, Shinji the Shinji again? Losing the Shinji is how they phrase it, yeah. Yeah, so she... Spirals completely out of control, and the preview says that uh, she will be unable to recover. So that's, you know, pretty forward and heavy, but I guess we'll have to see what all that means next time. You know what, I'm just going to say it, because I feel like I'm getting the impression that it's a bit of a, a, a hot take. I feel like this is one of the least appealing leads into the next episode the show's had. <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't, I don't feel interested like, I feel like the tiniest bit interested to see what they're talking I about. I think... I really... It didn't draw me in. I think I do because I know. Yeah, I feel the same way. I, I I think... I think that's a big part of it for me is, like, knowing where Evangelion goes. Um, yeah. And, like, knowing the next couple episodes, this type of depiction is, like, firing all those synapses on my brain where I'm like, oh, these parts of Evangelion, okay. Yep. I, yeah. this next episode, th- this episode is one of those two that we just talked about, but the next episode is one of my favorite ones to analyze. It's not one of my favorites to watch, but it's one of my favorites to like think about. And I don't know if I could possibly summarize why it is one of my favorites to analyze in any way that you could put into a preview easily. Just, just to make a comparison, uh, the last one, the last episode when he was soup that had all the, uh, the quick cuts and editing things. Um, but the preview didn't show any of that. And I think that might yeah. be the, the difference where it's like, it's hard to pitch. It's hard to sell in 30 seconds, even if it works. So I think that's fair to be like, okay, yeah, they, they just showed the one shot for the 30 seconds. And then the episode was good, even though it used that, but trying to use that, that quick cutting editing style for it, a teaser, I think is, uh, I, I mean, it's hit or miss. I think it, Two hits True. out of three here, but still. Yeah, they and it, like you know, maybe I came in like a little too hot. Like they did like it comes they in did, pretty like, hot. Say things and and set up yeah. things that that um that are interesting, but like I feel like other episodes I was like oh dope like or like oh wow I can't wait to see where that goes. Whereas this one's like okay well like that will be interesting when we get there, but I'm in no rush for next time. Yeah, that that's that's valid. That's fair. Yeah, 
Dad, I, 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 even knowing, I'm like, I wouldn't say I'm in a rush. <laughs> You're putting it on. I'm looking, the next... I'm looking forward to our discussion, but I'm not like, I'm not like, oh man, I can't wait to watch this next episode. I'm like, I know yeah. it's coming, and I will take it when the time comes. That's how I feel about the next three, Show. especially. That's how, that's, that's how I feel about End of Evangelion, let me tell you. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness, I can't wait it's for a, that one. I mean, this is a bullshit fucking comparison, but I was just talking to... Uh, friend of the show, friend of the network, friend of everyone here, Caitlin, because mm-hmm. we were talking about Birds of Prey, and I was like, second half of that movie is so fucking good. Uh, first half is so choppy and weird, and I don't know when I'm gonna be in the mood to sit through the first half to get to the second half again. And it's I not exactly the same, but I have similar feelings about End of Evil, where I'm like, there are parts of it I really want to see again, and then there's the rest of it. That that is how I, I can see that for that. I also feel that way about the rebuilds, which is a whole other conversation. Yeah, yeah, we'll get into the rebuilds too. Um, yeah, uh, I think though those episodes, since they're movies, might also be uh, good guest ones. But well, I don't know those. I feel like Shinji right now with like all the adults around me talking about things that I don't understand that I'm gonna have to be involved in later. Yeah, so you're aware that you're only a child. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I do think it's funny that like at no point have I sat down to mention what rebuilds means in any context. <laughs> yeah, my impression of it is like shitty remakes with like just things like condensed, and it's like I don't know what that I don't know. That's 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 someone's gonna assumption. put me in a robot. That, you know that is also what I thought when I started watching them. We'll get into it. Um, I don't know if the rebuilds are things that I like, but I find them so fucking deeply fascinating. Yeah. Similar to End of Eva, but we'll get to that and all of that context uh, in, I don't know, like two months? I'd have to look at the schedule. I think that's that's that. Seems like it. That's, that's certainly the episode. Uh, thank you so much <laughs> for done, for joining us, Jay. It's great to have a yeah, another perspective yeah. and voice. Absolutely. I, I, I just want to say, I like I said, I've, I've watched Evangelion a bunch of times. Uh, Joe, when you popped into Discord one day and sent me the thumbnail for this podcast and said, hey, surprise, me and Chris are doing this podcast. I was so excited. And I, I love Ava- like Evangelion is my favorite show. It is my favorite, whether anime or at any TV show. It is my favorite show. And one reason for that is it is a, it is one of the piece of media that the most potently I have found that I find different things in every time I watch and listening to this podcast and listening to y'all have your conversations about it. I have continued to find new things to think about, even though I've revisited it so many times just from the way you two both talk about it. And I really appreciate that. And I really appreciate y'all having me on. It's been, it's been lovely. Oh, thanks. Yeah, thanks Seriously. Th- thank you so much. I think, I think Evangeline is such a dense show and such a detailed uh, show when it comes to how it uh, represents uh you know trauma emotionally processing things and i i I always struggle with talking it up because it is such a complicated text it is so far from perfect and 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 certainly uh with its fair share of criticism and i think um i i think the text itself evolves after the year 1996 in a way that we'll talk about later but it's it, it's so fascinating. I think Evangelion is one of my one of the most interesting things I've consumed. Just because yeah. there's, uh, to 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 borrow a phrase from Blank Check, I consider myself a connoisseur of context, and I think Evangelion is defined by its context in so many ways. Absolutely. And I I find that shit deeply fascinating. 
Well, Jay, thanks for being our first guest. Everyone stay tuned for the last episode where we awkwardly watch with Justin McElroy. <laughs> God. <laughs> okay. But yeah, uh, I don't... Jay, Jay, there's a chance that Jay's our only guest on this podcast because nothing else is planned <laughs> as of now. I mean, listen, and if you want me to come back, you know I like to talk about Evangelion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe... Uh, <laughs> the clues are there. I'm... I, even off, even off mic, I, I'll probably talk to you about 3.0. Sure. Uh, Amy. Has anyone asked Shinji if he'd do it? Maybe. <laughs> I'll see if he's free. Probably not. Uh, but anyways. Big league. All that to be said, uh, I, I think we'll swing into our plugs now and start with Jay. Where could people find you and uh, the things you've you've tinkered on on the internet? <laughs> sure. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Extreme Salsing. You can find me on YouTube uh, under the moniker of Hi, I'm Jay. Uh, it's been a bit of a hiatus, but I am actually, uh, after we finish recording tonight, I'm probably going to start work on the script for the next Longest Licensed Voyage. Golden Compass. Oh my Let's fucking go. God. The longest it has ever taken me to finish a game for this fucking YouTube series. Uh, the Longest Licensed Voice- Voyage is a series where I find comedy or insight or whatever in the uh, realm of bargain bin licensed games. And the Golden Compass PS2 game is the worst offender I have yet handled. Are you going to get um, Lin-Manuel Miranda on the show? God, I hope, you know, it's either him or... Lynn Nosegrind Manuel Miranda. <laughs> <laughs> the most Lin, embarrassing Lin, man alive. Lynn PS2 Instruction Manual Miranda. Um, <laughs> that's, that's a stupid joke. Oh, but it got I me. liked it. Uh, <laughs> great. Um, I also have a couple upcoming fiction projects that will be on the internet that I don't want to like fully name here right now, but go on Twitter and follow me there to see more about that pretty soon. Nice. You can find me on Twitter or uh, the other social medias I use. Um, I say that like I use more than two, but uh, Ghost of Joe, Ghost of J. Oh, um, the re- I think uh, I'll plug not a podcast this time. I'll plug a a uh, piece I wrote over at uppercutcrit.com, which is a primarily games website, but one time Caitlin said games and culture, and I said, I'm calling you on that. I'm writing about film. Uh, so I wrote about... Um, I, I used the Oscars as an excuse to write about Christopher Nolan uh, and the way that he depicts masculinity in his films um, because I find uh, him to be a fascinating filmmaker because he does things that um, I think are good, and he still makes enormous amounts of money uh from from large audiences that appreciate it and i think that's a cool crossover uh so i wrote about that and his filmography um you can find it linked on my twitter or if you go to uppercutcrit.com you can check it out and also just read their other stuff good website good writing over there absolutely hell yeah you can also find the other podcasts i make on the same network as this one at theorangegroves.com what about you, Chris? Uh, you can find me at Tover Disgrace on Twitter. Don't forget to tweet at me if you didn't know that. Um, no and, what? Uh, <laughs> you can't just... The thing I said, I said the thing... The, the I know earlier. what you said. Remember? I'm wondering if you do. <laughs> no, but that's the... F- <laughs> <laughs> the strangest call out I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> uh, anyway, okay, so... Um, <laughs> Uh, remind chris at topher disgrace (laughs) send me two tweets one that you didn't know that and then tell me what you didn't know the uh on the 22nd of february um not only is alien happy or the other network that i do stuff with 
doing our uh, patrons exclusive stream that you can get on it for even two bucks look i don't even care if you give us two bucks to hang out for that stream and then di like fuck off with the money forever like just come hang out it'd be fun <laughs> um so yeah we're doing a patreon stream on the 22nd and then that night we are doing uh the the next hhwf show which is gonna be very fucking fun because we're doing the two uh royal rumble pack matches so there'll be uh tons of fictional characters in the ring trying to throw each other out of it and it'll be fun and goofy and uh yeah i'm looking forward to that Nice. That's all. I'm oh, done. Yeah. So you can join the Orange Grove's Discord server to uh, chat with us and other listeners about the anime and the podcast. You can find a link to join the server at theorangegroves.com. If you scroll to the bottom, there's a button next to uh, all of our contact information. You spoiler tags liberally. It's a great time in there. Protect me, I'm baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, baby, baby Shinji, but it's Chris. Uh, you can also tweet about the show um, using hashtag nervous Rex pod. Baby Shinji was so cute in this episode. Yeah, it's for fucked the minute up. We it's, see like, him. it's like images before tragic events happen. Yeah! <laughs> this episode is that. I'm sorry, we can't get back into it, but that's this entire episode. It, it really is. And I, and I think coming in at 21 makes that particularly effective. It Oh boy, does it. I think that's all the stuff that we plug. Uh, Can I do one more plug very sure. quickly? Because you mentioned the Oscars, and I feel like I should do this real quick. Um, if you're still kind of feeling the Oscar buzz on my other podcast, Movie Club, we just did Jojo Rabbit last week, and the next one's going to be Marriage Story. So, like, you know. One of those movies we're is good. in the vein still. Yeah, I haven't seen Marriage Story yet, so I'm looking forward to hating it. I like Marriage Story, I don't like Jojo Rabbit. Oh, you! Oh, you met the other one. Yeah, <laughs> this is awkward. Yeah. <laughs> I have um, meant to see both and have not seen either. I just know I like Adam Driver a lot. That's all I got. I think he's fantastic. Uh, Scarlett Johansson tries her best to keep up with him. I am not actually looking forward to hitting. I'm going to come in with an open mind, like I do with all uh, wonderful pieces of cinema. Uh, I think Marriage Story is good. That aren't the Joker. I, I mean, yeah, that's my Nolan piece talks about how bad Joker is. But anyways, we can, we can talk about other films another time. Yes. That's the end of the podcast. That's, That's all. all. It, yes. <laughs> we'll give you we'll give you soup <laughs> next time. We'll give, you, we'll give you leaves. Yeah, we'll shovel. Yeah, there we'll you go. Shovel we'll leaves. shovel leaves, leaves up your up ass your next ass. time. Glad you said it because I didn't want to finish that sentence. Hi, I'm Jay, and I'm here to shove leaves up your ass. I'm going to use that at some point. You guarantee it. <laughs> the Evangelion game. Goodbye, everybody. Oh, God, oh that's the that. other thing. The The found footage was how the like, video game started. Is the, it really? The, the, I didn't the 64 the game. game. I didn't remember that. Oh, shit. It's in the 64 game. I was surprised to see it again. All right, now bye, everybody. Bye. Okay, now bye. <laughs> Get out of here. Oh, fuck. You're still here? The podcast's over. <laughs> Go home. <laughs>